Well, good morning, NCC. It's good to see each of you here this morning, and I hope you're having a great Sunday as we get started here today. We're excited that you're with us. Once again, if you're our guest, welcome. If you're new to NCC, if you're watching this later this week online, we're glad that you're joining us. And we are in our second week of this series called Labeled. And we're talking about this, how we wear different labels. I look across this room and some of you are glad to be done with the label, and that is student, okay? Glad to be done with that for a few weeks or for a couple of months. We wear different labels in our work, maybe boss, employee, maybe electrician, plumber, construction worker, whatever that is, teacher, doctor, nurse. We all wear different labels as we go throughout our life. Some of the labels are based off of who we are as a person. Like maybe in school you were the funny guy or you're the class clown or maybe you're the more serious person. You're the smartest person in the room. We wear different labels in our life. And there are some things that we're looking at in this series that God has labeled us. There are some labels that God has placed over each and every one of us. We believe that. And they challenge us and they change how we look at the world around us. They change how we interact with other people based off of the labels and the things that God has said. And so that's what we're looking at for these few weeks is things that God has spoken over our lives. So last week we talked about how we are called sons and daughters of God, that that's a label that he has placed upon us. God has labeled us that and it changes our outlook. It changes our perspective. This week we're going to look at this idea that God has labeled us princesses and princes. Okay, that's what we're looking at this week, that God has spoken those things over our life. So look at the person next to you, say, you're a princess or you're a prince. Make sure you get it right, okay? And we believe that, that that's what God has spoken, okay? A few years ago, there was a song that came out called Royal by the artist Lord, okay? And she said, we'll never be royal, but I'm telling you, she got it wrong, Okay. Because we do, we have royalty. We look at scripture and God has spoken some things over us and it really does. It changes our perspective and it changes our outlook. And so scripture tells us this. Now, as we even get into this message, I know that it may be difficult because you're gonna wake up tomorrow and go to a job or you're gonna wake up tomorrow and go through your routine, things that you have to do or things that you have to get done, errands. And it's not gonna feel sometimes like you're a prince or like you're a princess. And you may be wrestling, like, what does that even look like? So as I say that, maybe this is the image that you get in your mind. Okay, is this right here, a fairy godmother that's gonna wave her magic wand and she's gonna turn you into something beautiful there and you're gonna go to a royal ball. Um, Guys, maybe you have this image when you think of a prince. I'm not going to lie, I'm a little jealous of his hair. Okay, mine's just a curly afro. I can't do that cool Swiss thing, okay? But maybe that's what you have in your mind is some fairy tale, some image out there. But God tells us that he has labeled us. And this is what he has spoken over our lives. And so we look at scripture and we know this, that God spoke this over us. In the book of Psalms, in Psalms chapter 45, he's talking about this legacy, this lineage that God has spoken over his people, that your sons will be called princes or prince, princes. I'm, now I'm going to mess this up at some point. Okay. Your daughters will be called princesses. And that this is the challenge that God has spoken over us as his people. He declares that over our lives. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says this, that you are a royal priesthood, 
that there's nobility in you, that God has declared that over your life. And so once again, there will be moments, maybe even this week, where you're like, I'm not feeling that, God, but I'm here this morning to remind you, and I believe God wants to speak to us. Hey, there are things that he has spoken over our lives and that it makes a difference inside of each and every one of us, what he has challenged us with. And so I want to look at three things that we should be carrying with us that, that have changed us, that have impacted us, because God declares that, that we are princesses and princes in his kingdom. The first is this, we've been labeled with spiritual authority. The fact that you are royal, the fact that God has spoken that over you means that you carry a spiritual authority in your life. Now, once again, you may have not recognized that. As you're going through your work week, as you're hanging out with friends, as you're doing different activities, it may not feel like, hey, I have spiritual authority, but we look at scripture and we see that. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Luke chapter 10, and we see an example of this. And if you didn't bring a Bible with you, that's okay. There is a blue Bible in the seat in front of you. You can open that up and you can turn to Luke chapter 10 in that Bible. And here we see it's on page 506 in that Bible there in the seat in front of you. Um, if you're opening that up. And here Jesus is having a conversation with a group of about 72 people. And he's getting ready to send them out. And they've been watching the life of Jesus. They've been walking with Jesus. They've been observing this, but now they are going to go out on their own. And as you look at this, Jesus gives them authority in this passage right here. This is what it says in Luke chapter 10. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others, and he sent them on ahead of them two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly, to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. And if not, it will return to you. Heal the sick. You skip down a few verses. He says, heal the sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. And as you continue to read that, they come back and they're excited and they're saying, Jesus, we cast out demons. Like we, we didn't think we were going to be able to do this, but we confronted demonic forces and we commanded them in your name to leave. And Jesus said, that's because I've given you authority. But don't just get excited because you have the authority to cast out demons. You should be excited because your names are written in the book of life. So what's Jesus saying here? He's saying, hey, as I'm sending you out as princess, and princesses, as I'm sending you out, you have my authority. You carry a spiritual authority in your life. You walk in that authority everywhere that you go. So your job is stressful, but you walk into that place and you declare this is a place of peace. And there's a spiritual authority that you carry with you. You walk into different places. You walk into a place where someone is sick. And the Bible says we have the authority to declare the healing of God over people's body. Now, once again, I know that may seem so distant from the reality that we live in, but this is what Jesus is saying is, hey, I've given you this authority. I've declared this over you. You're introducing my kingdom everywhere that you go. You're declaring the kingdom of God has come near, and we're carrying that spiritual authority in our life every place that we go, everywhere that we're at. There is that authority inside of each and every one of us. We see this in the life of Jesus. You look at this. And what does Jesus do? He walks 
in his situations where there are people that are blind and he declares that their eyes will be opened and immediately they regain sight. He's out fishing with some of his guys and they're going in the boat across to another place and the winds and the waves are tossing every which way and Jesus stands up and he just says, peace, be still. And immediately the weather changes. He's walking past a funeral procession and someone has died and he sees this mother weeping for her son that she has lost and Jesus touches him and all of a sudden he's raised from the dead. Now I know what you're thinking, that's Jesus, Aaron. That's easy for him to do. And then he looks at you and me and he says, you're a prince, you're a princess and greater things than these you're gonna do. Things more amazing than what I've done, than what you read about in the gospels. This is what I'm declaring over your life. This is how you've been labeled to walk with the spiritual authority. Everything that you see Jesus did, we're walking in that same authority to carry the kingdom of God. Every place that we go, we have that same ability to do that. And so you have to think about it and say, God, that's the authority that I'm carrying with me. So if you and I, if we're in a distant country, we're in England, and we look at one of the royal guards, and we say, arrest that person, what are they going to do? It's not a trick question. Nothing, okay? Because you don't have royalty in that country, okay? But if you were a prince or a princess in that country and you spoke that, they're immediately going to move into action, aren't they? And that's what we need to understand. That's what God has given us. That's the authority and the weight that you carry in the kingdom of heaven. And many of us, we're just, we feel like we're just barely making it and we have forgotten that God has labeled us. And then he says, hey, when I look at you, I see kingdom people. I see people of my kingdom. I see people walking with authority. I see people that I have placed my authority and the ability to declare and bring my kingdom, my peace, my love, my grace, everywhere that you go, you have the ability to carry that with you. Now, we're not walking around in our own authority, okay? So this isn't Cinderella with the fairy godmother. This isn't Aladdin with the genie that you just get to say, okay, God, authority, a million dollars in my bank account right now. That's not the way this works, Okay. You and I, we don't get to just walk in our own will or our own desires, our own wants. We're living out the kingdom of God. That's where our authority comes from, church. And so we're not asking for our will. We're not trying to build up our own little kingdoms, but we're walking in a spiritual authority to bring about the kingdom of God. That's what we see Jesus do. He said, I'm not saying anything that my father hasn't given me to say, Every time he does something miraculous, he reminds those around him, hey, I'm doing this so that you could see the kingdom of God. If you don't believe in me, believe the signs that are taking place. He's doing what his father has set out for him to do. And that's the same authority we walk in. And so when you walk into that workplace and you declare peace, it's not just so you have a happier work environment. It's so people realize the kingdom of heaven is coming near. When you're praying for those that are sick and God's using you to speak words of healing over people, once again, it's not so people can look at you and say, man, you're a really strong Christian. Man, that's amazing how God uses you. It's to point back to the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because he is our father. And we're pointing back to his kingdom, the spiritual authority that we walk in. It's to build the kingdom of God. 
It's to point people back to who God is and what he is doing. And so whether you realize it or not, you have been labeled with the spiritual authority. God is challenging you in the places that you are, in the areas of influence that you have, that you would walk with that kind of spiritual authority. That's what God has given you, that he has declared that you are a prince, that you are a princess in his kingdom, and we have the ability to walk with that kind of authority. But also, this label that God has placed on us, it means that we receive an inheritance. You have been labeled for an inheritance. Do you realize that, that as you enter into a relationship with God, as he speaks things over your life, that you now have access to what Christ has access to? If you still have your Bibles open, open them up, to or turn over to Romans chapter 8 and in verse 16, and we see this. Part of this verse is what we talked about last week, that we are sons and daughters of God. In Romans chapter 8, verse 16 says this, the spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. And if heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. And so this is what scripture says is, hey, as God has labeled us, there is an inheritance for us. There's something that God has promised. The goodness that Christ receives, we also get to join in on that. We get to receive the promises of God that he has spoken over Jesus. Now, let me clarify this. This is not saying that we are gods, okay? I know some religions teach that, that that you keep on working and eventually you become deity or you become God. That's not what he's saying. We will never be like God because he is wholly other. But what he is saying is through the goodness of Christ. Through what we remembered earlier in the service when we took that bread and when we drank that cup and we were remembering the sacrifice that Christ made, we are allowed to enter into the promises of God that he has spoken over Christ and that we receive that inheritance, that we receive the goodness of God, that we receive the grace and the righteousness of God over our life. There is an inheritance for us because of the things that Christ has done. We get to enter into that. And think about that. What if someone left you an inheritance? How amazing would that be? A rich uncle, a rich aunt, someone that maybe you kind of knew. Like how amazing you get to reap the benefits of everything that they've worked for, of everything that they've done. Your life is blessed. Your life is enhanced because of that. You see that once again in in kingdoms or in places where they have royalty, where there are princesses and princes. And you see that, that blessing, that possession, the land that they own, it's handed down from generation to generation. They get to partake of that. They get to receive the blessings of those things. It's not like that here in the United States, okay? Once the president's done with his term, he doesn't hand the White House off to his kids. It doesn't work like that. But in God's kingdom, everything that Jesus receives, God's word says that we're co-heirs with him, that we receive the blessings of God over our life. And yet, church, some of us, we're walking around like we're defeated. We're walking around like we have nothing. We're walking around like this is a struggle, and we have forgotten, we've been labeled by God, that his blessings are over our life, 
that his blessings cover us, that all of the goodness that Christ receives, we also, once again, we get to partake of those things. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, it says this. It says, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, this was Paul's prayer for that church, that you would know the hope that God has called you to and the riches of his glorious inheritance that is present for the saints and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who have believed according to the work of his great might. Paul's saying, hey, I hope you realize this, the hope that you have in Christ, what it is that God has spoken over you. My prayer is that your eyes would be open and that you wouldn't just walk through life kind of just making it by, but you would understand that there is a better future that's lying ahead for us and there's an inheritance. And this is so vital in our life, church, as believers, because we can fall into this trap that this is all that there is. And our inheritance is a reminder that there is so much more that God has promised us. That there is so much more that God has spoken over our lives. That this morning, it doesn't matter how large or how small your bank account is, there's more. Doesn't matter how nice or maybe how crappy you think your car is, there is more. This life is not all that there is. And when we start to realize, God, you've labeled us, you've promised us more, not just in this life, but Lord, in eternity, God, you've promised us an inheritance that will not fade away, God, that will not rust, that cannot diminish. God, you've promised us something great. It reminds us this life is not all that we're living for, church. This is not all that there is. Even the current struggles that we go through and the difficulties, there is so much more that God has promised us. And so we don't walk through this life like everyone else. We don't walk looking at our circumstances and situations like everyone else. Why? Because we realize there is an inheritance. There's something more that God is calling us to. There's something more that God desires for each and for every one of us that we would realize this and that we would live this out in our lives. And so scripture talks about this, that, that God has given us an inheritance. First Peter chapter one, verses three through four, it says that this is an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and that will not fade away. It's been reserved for you in heaven. And so God's reminding us, he has more for you, church. He has more for you. And if we get caught up and only pursuing what's here on this earth, you're missing out on your rightful inheritance. You're missing out on what God has promised you as a prince or as a princess and what he's spoken over your life and what he's declared over you. You're missing out on that if you're only living for what you see in this world. And so he's saying, hey, I've got something more for you. I have deeper desires for you. My kingdom is bigger than just the possessions that you will own here on this earth. I'm looking to give you something that's been undefiled, something that will not perish or will not fade away. And so we realize that, church, that we have the ability to walk around in a spiritual authority, that the places that we go, we carry the kingdom of God. That's how God has labeled us, that we're labeled for an inheritance that God has given us, that there is more to this life than just what we currently see And the last thing that I want to remind you of, this label that God has placed upon us, it means that we've labeled, we are labeled to be on a mission. You and I, we are labeled to be on a mission. When God looks at your life and he says, you're a prince, you're a princess. 
When God speaks that over us, it means that he has called us to partake and to be on a mission with him. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says this, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So God's labeled you that for a reason, that wherever you go, that you're praising and you're declaring the goodness of God, this God that takes us from darkness, that takes us from brokenness, that takes us from sin, and he brings us into his marvelous light. This is the mission that God has given each and every one of us, that we walk around and we get to partake in this. We get to live for a kingdom mission. We get to live for a purpose that's bigger than ourselves. And so when I go to work tomorrow morning, I'm not just there because it's employment. I'm there because that's part of where God has called me. It's part of what he's given me influence over. The house or the apartment that you live in, the sphere of influence, the friends that you have, you're not there representing yourself. You're on a mission from your king. And he's looked at your life and he's saying, hey, I've placed you there for a purpose to bring my kingdom to bring what I'm doing into every circumstance and into every situation that you are in. You're not there by an accident. You're not there just by circumstance or happenstance. No, you're there because God has declared, hey, that's where I'm placing you at. You're on a mission for me. And church, we don't need to just settle. We don't need to settle into routine or just get comfortable where we're at. We need to be reminded, God, every day I wake up with passion. God, every day I wake up, Lord, with a mission. God, with the destiny that you've given me. God, you have labeled me for your service. When you've said that I am a prince or I am a princess in your kingdom, God, you've labeled me for your service. God, there's something more that I get to live for. One of my favorite Christian authors, his name is Donald Miller. He told this story where he was talking with a friend. And this friend um, had a couple of teenage kids and he was talking with Donald and he said, you know what? He said, I'm just seeing my kids struggle in their life so much. They're going through things and I don't think they're really living up to their potential. And Donald, this Christian author, he said, just kind of casually, wasn't really thinking about it, but he's like, it seems like they don't really recognize they're the hero of their own story. That they're kind of, They're the person that gets to change and really direct the story that they're in. And it got this guy thinking. And so he went home and he gathered his kids around and he said, hey, I've kind of got this idea. We're going to adopt an orphanage in Mexico. And so we're going to cut the cable bill. We're going to cut internet. We're going to do a few things. And we're going to start giving that money to this orphanage in Mexico. And his kids responded just like you would imagine they were not happy at all, you guys. They were like, dad, come on. And his daughter had been struggling. She was in a relationship with a guy that he wasn't really happy with. She was starting to kind of mess around with drugs. And she was really frustrated. And so for a few days, she didn't even talk to her dad. And he kept on saying, hey, we're going to do this. We're going we're to start to really try to impact and give towards others. And he said, after about a month, she started writing letters to these kids that were in this orphanage that they adopted. And then she got letters back. And then she said, dad, I want to do some things like some of these kids have written, they don't have school supplies. So I want to do some kind of fundraiser and let's raise some money and let's try to send them some money so they can get school supplies. 
So the dad's like, okay, I'll help you do that. And then after almost the years, he said, dad, I want to fly down there and I want to record a video of these kids and, and where they live at and the kind of place that they live. And I wonder if we could raise enough money to build them like a new home and to really help them. And the dad said, he looked back after about a year, a year and a half, and her life was totally different. And when he asked her about it, this was her response. She said, when you realize that you're a princess, you stop kissing frogs. That's it, church. When you realize your worth, you realize that there's a mission, there's something you're called to. And that's what we see in scripture. That's what we're being reminded of this morning. God has a purpose for you. God has a destiny for you. God has a call over your life. And the sad truth is so many of us, we just settle. We forget that God has labeled us and what he's spoken over our life. You guys, we're content to live in these small stories. We're content to live through these fantasies that we see on television or excitement through video games or these small adventures when God is calling us to so much more. We're part of this small story when God's saying, no, I want you to be part of a kingdom story, a grand adventure that I'm declaring over your life. This isn't just a temporary win. This is an eternal victory. I'm looking at your life and the adventure that I'm calling you to is to disciple others. It's to share your story and to see others come to faith. That's what I'm calling you to. That's the adventure that you're meant to live. You're meant to go to places of brokenness and bring healing. You're meant to be in difficult situations and bring peace. Why? Because you carry my authority and I've given you a mission to live out, to bring my kingdom here to this earth in the midst of brokenness. Church, I'm reminding you this morning, God's speaking to us. He's labeled you. He's looked at your life. He said, you're valuable, you're worth something. I have a calling over you. I have something that I'm declaring over your life. Don't settle, don't settle. Begin to live a God kind of adventure. Realize as you step into this week that God has spoken that over you. He's saying, you're a princess, you're a prince. In my kingdom, you're walking with my authority. There's an inheritance, you're living for more than just this life. I've got a grand adventure for you.